Thank you for listening to the Life Church of Kansas City, Missouri. Consider supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com, subscribing, and sharing this message with your friends. God bless you. For this second quarter, and it's really based upon when Jesus was on the mountain right before he ascended, and he promised his, his uh, apostles that they would see great signs. They would see uh, devils cast out. They would see uh, healings. They would baptize and people would be saved and they would speak with new tongues. They would take up serpents. And it says the Lord departed from them and then it says the Lord worked with them. And we want to look at that specifically in the book of Acts, how God works with his people. He works with his people. It's not just you. There is somebody with you and it's the Lord Jesus. And that is going to be the theme and the focus common theme and focus that you will hear from these messages from uh, Bible teachers in this church and myself. So tonight I want to begin with the subject, it's not our power. It is not our power. Let's look in the book of Acts, Acts 3, begin reading at verse number 1. I love the book of Acts. It is one of the one of three books that I recommend, especially to newer Bible readers you know, the Bible's a big book. Uh, you take a look at the average size of book that you're going to find in any bookstore. Uh, the Bible's equivalent to eight regular-sized books. So just to read it through in one year, you've read eight books. And uh, that can be a little intimidating, especially to somebody who's not an avid reader. And uh, sometimes it's easy to get lost and kind of get discouraged when you're reading things you don't understand. Uh, let, me, let me tell you this. You want to know a secret about me? I've read the Bible through... A lot in my life. I still read it. When I read it through every day, I still come across things I don't understand. And you know what? I don't let it bother me. And I don't let it discourage me. I just keep reading because just a few verses down, I come across something that I do understand and does speak to me. And I always get something out of it. But when you know it, just like a day or two later, I'm reading the Bible and a verse answers another verse that I had a question about. It's funny how that happens. But never get discouraged just because you come across something you don't understand. Keep reading it because it's good for you. And God will speak to you and God will talk to you and it will bless and edify your life. But I recommend three books of the Bible to newer readers. If you don't want to read the Bible through cover to cover, you just kind of want to start you know, with something. And the books are Psalms, Luke, and Acts. Psalms, Luke, and Acts. That's what I recommend. The Psalms being because they're very poetic. You know, people really connect with that. It's simple language, simple to understand. It's really uh, literary. And a lot of it focuses on the subjects of love, pain, and spiritual ascent, which is really important to the overall God experience. And then also you get a lot of Old Testament history in the Psalms. You learn so much about just the Old Testament itself in the Psalms. And then the final reason, the most important one, out of all the books of the Old Testament, the one that is quoted the most in the New Testament by far is the Psalms. Psalms are New Testament in spirit. That's why I recommend it. The book of Luke is very devotional. The way it's written, the way it's constructed, it's very devotional for personal one-on-one. You and, you and your Bible reading. And then, of course, you get the history of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus, the miracles of Jesus. And it's just very detailed, and I think it is, it's a really... And it was a, written for the Gentiles. It's, an, it's a really American-type book. And then uh, the book of Acts is just the church, the history of it. 
all of the trials they faced, all of the great victories they faced, and just the birth of uh, the uh, church. So those are three books to read. Three books to read. I like cover to cover, but if you want to start small, like a lot of us do, just do that and you will be blessed. Can you say praise the Lord? So Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 16. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms and fixing his eyes on them. With John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this, or why look so intently at us, as though by our own power or our own godliness we had made this man walk, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murderer to be granted to you, and killed the prince of life, whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses, and his name through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Amen. It's not our power. They had watched this man who was lame for decades sit at the temple and beg. And it was so unusual for them to be in the middle of their prayer and to look up and see that man who had begged all these years all of a sudden jumping and leaving, leaping. I'm sure some people thought, I've been giving that guy alms for years, and it turns out he's a fake. He's been able to walk all along, which does happen, by the way. I'm not going to get into that. I'm sure some thought... I'm dreaming. Some thought this is such an unusual thing. It's just a coincidence. And perhaps some thought these men are magicians. These men are wizards. They're, they're able to uh, do uh, strange things to cause people to be healed. And Peter looks at him and says, why are you marveling at us? We did not make this man walk. This has nothing to do with us. This has everything to do with the power of of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is God who caused this man to walk. It is God who gave this man the supernatural strength. 
We were just simply used of God. That's why he is walking. And you see this throughout the book of Acts. Many times when they would perform a miracle or something supernatural, people would fall down and worship them. And the apostles would say, get up, don't do this, worship God. You know, they would think they were amazing. They say, oh no, God is amazing. Everything that they did was God working through them so that they could bring glory and a witness to the sonship, to the kingship, to the truth of the resurrection. Like pastor preached this past Sunday, they were witnesses that Jesus was alive. And this is the first miracle performed by the church. The initial sign was the sign of speaking in other tongues. That had been accomplished, which is the sign we still look for today to know if you are spirit-filled. The second, like that, was the working of miracles. Raising up this lame man who came leaping and praising God into the temple. I love that. You know, anytime it talks about worship in the Bible... You don't really see it saying, sit still and do nothing. Worship the Lord with your hands in your pockets. You know, worship the Lord staring at the floor. Oh no, you read things like leaping, jumping, walking around. You ever wonder why we do that? Walking around the building, praying. Well, that comes from the Bible. All that jumping up and down stuff. Can I tell you what, that? I don't know what the name of the first song was this past Sunday, the Brother Larmy and our worship team did, but I was over there. I mean, just moving my feet and getting down. There was just something in that. And I could just feel the Holy ghost in it. I mean, I was down there and my kids were getting into it. I looked across the sanctuary. Everybody was getting into it. I mean, we were praising the Lord in the dance. Come on somebody. And God likes it. It entertains the Lord. Amen. He loves it. Get out and move a little bit. Praise God. But they thought Peter did this miracle and he said, it is not me. You know, Peter was a fisherman. The only thing he knew how to pull up was fishing nets. Yes, Peter, it was him that pulled the man up. But what caused this man to walk was the power of God. The true power of God. And you see this happen here and in the book of Acts, all throughout church history to this very day, we depend on God for the supernatural. We depend on God to help us make it. We depend on supernatural things to help be a witness, amen, of his lordship. When I was a little boy in a camp meeting years ago, Bishop James Lumpkin was preaching. And he told a story when he was a young, young married and had small children. He said he was looking for work. He was a preacher and trying to get work that he could, anything. And he got a job selling cars. And he said, church, I never sold a car in my life. He said, I never drove a new car. I always had old cars, you know, and I was always happy to have whatever I could have. But he said, I didn't know anything about cars. He said, and they put me out there on the main floor with all these new cars. This is back in, you know, in the 50s. Made nice cars in the 50s, by the way. And, <laughs> and these People would come in and Brother Lumpkin said, I was so nervous. I didn't know anything about cars. I didn't know how to sell a car. And he prayed, God, I need to feed my family. I need to be able to pay my mortgage. I need to be able to put clothes on my family's back. I need to be able to survive. And I can't make a living. I can't sell cars unless you help me. And he's out there on the main floor and they got all these new Chevys, you know, out there. And a customer walks by and 
Brother Lumpkin walks up to him and says, hello, I'm James. I'm one of the associates here. Would you like to see a car? And he said, the man said, sure. And Brother Lumpkin walked up to the car. He didn't know what to do. He kind of panicked. But the Lord just kind of said to him, open up the door and tell him to smell. And so he did. He opened up the door and he pointed in there and he said, smell. And the man put his nose in the car and smelled. And he said, it smells good. It's a new car. It smells good. And the guy said, sure does. I'll take it. And he bought the car. The next customer walks in. And Brother Lumpkin walked up to him and introduced himself. And he said, you want to look at a new car? He said, sure. He walks over and and he thought, well, if it worked the first time, it's going to work the second time. And he opened up the door and he said, smell. And the man stuck his nose in there and smelled. And he said, I like that car. It smells good. I'll take it. This happened a third time, a fourth time. And a fifth time, a man who had never sold cars before in his life, a man who didn't know anything about automobiles, but he believed God gave him that job and he trusted God to help him make a living. And he was able to take care of his family and he was able to make it through tough times. And church, I'm telling you, we're in dark times. We're in uncertain times, but through the help of the Lord, we are going to make it. God is going to give us supernatural strength, amen, to raise up to lame, amen, to sell cars, to do many things supernaturally. Can you clap your hands unto the Lord? I've depended on the presence of God, amen, for the past seven to eight months for strength, physical strength, literally strength. I contracted COVID-19 back in September as I know some of you also did, a horrible sickness. It's very real, I assure you of that. And the most, uh, there were two horrible things that happened to me. Number one, the nightmares that I had. I'm not ready to talk about it publicly. There's meaning in that, maybe, maybe some other time. The next worst thing about it was the fatigue that I suffered. Horrible fatigue. And even to this day, although I don't have the fevers, I don't have all the other side effects. I haven't gained back all my smell and my taste 100%. I can still taste coffee and a rack of ribs, praise God. That's all you need. Amen. But can I tell you this? The fatigue is still there. And I mean, about 3 o'clock this afternoon rolled around and, oh, I was so tired. Could hardly think, could hardly move, could hardly even breathe. The fatigue was so strong. And uh, as church began... I was tired and I said, God, you've got to give me strength. And this has happened just about every Wednesday night. As soon as the music starts and we begin to sing, all of a sudden a supernatural strength comes to me. You want to know why? It's no wonder the psalmist said, the Lord our God is our strength. Praise God. I mean, you get around the presence of God, you don't get tired. You get around the true Holy Ghost. Amen. It'll make you want to get up on your feet and praise the Lord. And I can feel the supernatural virtue of Christ in this room here. And God has given me strength in helping me to make it. And by God's grace, I'm going to get back to 100% amen before I contracted COVID-19. Amen. When you think of it, pray for me. Pray for others in this church. Amen. We need the strength of the Lord during this time. But amen. We need to depend upon God for everything in this life. I'm serious. I was filling up my 
car with fuel the other day and I got to thinking, you know, I can't even do this without God. I got out and did a little yard work yesterday and I was thinking to myself, I can't do this without God. It takes God. This lawn was a salad bar before I started doing anything with it. It had to be God to help me to get something going. We need to depend upon God for everything. Whether it's disciple making, whether it's parenting, marriage, work, everything. Talk to God about it. Whatever is going on, say, I don't have all the answers, but I give Jesus to this situation. And that's what Peter did. He didn't have money for the guy that day. But he said, I've got something better. I'm going to get you out of begging. I'm going to get you out of not being able to walk. You've been sitting here long enough. And I can't fix it with money. I can't just fix it with just talking. But what I can give you is a power from another world, another kingdom. And such as I have, give I you in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. Church, what in your life right now is stagnant? What right now in your life feels like it's not moving? What right now feels like it's just at the front doors and it can't really get into the house of God where it needs to be? Can I tell you with Jesus, all things are possible. With our God, anything is possible. If you will have faith in him, can you say praise the Lord? So how do I give Jesus to things in my life? How do I bring God to sick people? How do I bring God to people that are hurting? How do I bring God to impossible situations? You know, Jesus is up there in heaven preparing a place for me. How can I bring that to here? Two major things that the apostles did. They had faith in his name. I learned this a long time ago when I was learning to preach. Can I tell you this? You know, some say, wow, preaching just came naturally to you. No, it did not. Believe me. Truth be told, I was a terrible student in school. I liked school so much, I almost had to repeat the second grade twice, if that means anything to you. I didn't enjoy reading. I didn't enjoy learning. But when I was 21 years old, November 4th, 2004, I knelt down at my bed, and I said, God, I need a birthday present. I'd never asked God for a birthday present in my life. And I said, Lord, if I'm going to teach your word, I've got to read your word. I'd never read the Bible in my life. Never read it. Well, cover to cover, I just read Acts 2.38 and John 3.16. That was about it. And Deuteronomy 6.4. I needed a love to read. And I got off the floor that day after asking God for that birthday present. And from November to Christmas time, I read the Bible through cover to cover one time. Praise God. From Christmas to Valentine's Day, read it again one more time. And from Valentine's Day to Easter, read it again one more time. Coming from a kid that never studied, never read. You know what? I depended upon God for that. And God has helped me accomplish that. Everything in my life, I can look back and tell you, it was not me that did it. You can't look at Justin and say, Justin did it. Oh, no, it was God that did it. I need God to make it. You know, I think we've learned for a long time how to operate without God. We don't want to bother God. You know, we just want to come in and give God really what he wants. And that, you know, is our time, our offerings, our praise and worship. Can I tell you this? God wants to move in your life. You want to know why he wants to move in your life? He wants to be seen by others moving in your life. 
He wants you to be able to tell people, this is what I have and this is how God gave it to me. A story, a witness, and a testimony. And I learned a long time ago, I can't have confidence in myself to get it done. I need God. And preaching was that way. I don't have a lot of confidence in Justin. I slur my words. I don't have great grammar. I don't have necessarily the best poise. I'm not the most polished guy out there. But I have confidence in this. And I have confidence in him. And confidence in the message. And can I tell you what? It works. Praise God. Mm. I was uh, going back in my journal the other day. Oh, man. I, t- I tell you what, you, when you look back and you look at what you wrote and what you were thinking about 15 years ago, and you wonder, why was I worried about that? <laughs> you know? But uh, I was reading in my journal the other day, and I wrote about a time when I preached, and I thought it just bombed. And I blamed it on myself because pastor told me, Justin, I would like you to preach this. I think you should preach this. And I got to praying and reading the word, and I thought, no, I need to preach this. And I got up and did not preach what pastor said preached. I preached what Justin wanted to preach, and it was one of the worst sermons I've ever preached in my life. Matter of fact, it was so bad, I went back to the podcast and deleted it, got it off there. It was so bad. And I'm not going to tell you about that because some of you might have been here. But the time I put confidence in me, in me, totally bombed. And that's how the apostles worked. It was not about them. It was not about their own power. It was all through God's spirit. They depended totally upon God. That's how they prospered. That's how the church grew. That's how the church multiplied. That's how they had the unity that they had. They depended totally upon Jesus. It was all up to God working with them. Can you say amen? Amen. If the musicians would please come. Several years ago, one of the matriarchs of our church, Sister Havner, and no doubt she is probably watching us right now. She's always sure to give good comments on TLC Facebook Live. I went by and visited her in the hospital, and she said, I just feel to tell you a story, Brother Justin. She said, years ago, I'm assuming this is back in the 40s and 50s, she said, I didn't have a lot of money back then, but I was thirsty, and I needed to drink water, as all of you understand. And she said, back then, you didn't have bottled water, you didn't have filtered water, you had a well. And this is in the old days back in the country of Arkansas, you know. Oh, they know how to fry fish down there, don't they? And uh, it's amazing how people there in Arkansas and Louisiana in the South learned how to survive those hot summers how they learned to just make do with what they had. It's amazing how God kept them in that time. And she went down to the store and bought a little rope and bought a bucket. She was going to draw water from a well. And some of the townspeople kind of laughed at her and they said, why are you spending your money on that rope and bucket? That well you have on your land, there's not been any water there for decades. There is no water there. And she said, I just trust Jesus. And I'm just going to spend this money that I have, and I'm going to depend upon God for that water. She walked up to that old dry well, and I think she had her first child then, her little baby. And she told me, she said, I 
let down that rope and that bucket into that well, just praying, Jesus, give me water. Jesus, give me water. And instead of just that bucket dropping down on hard rocks, all of a sudden she felt a splash. And she heard the sound of water and pulled up that bucket. And sure enough, fresh, cold water right from the Ozark Mountains right there. If you will trust this Jesus, you can give Jesus to whoever needs Jesus. If you will say to whatever is dry in your life, my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. You will see it. You will experience it. Do not trust in your own power, church. It's not our power. There's really only so much we can get done. There's really only so much we can accomplish. But through the power of the name of Jesus, anything is possible. Anything is possible. Trust in this Jesus. Believe in this Jesus. Depend on this Jesus and watch him do miracles. I think for too long, too many of us have thought, I believe in Jesus. I love seeing God work, but that's only for the people on the platform. That's only for the people that know how to pray. I can't see a miracle. I can't see God work in my life. I'm not spiritual enough. Maybe it's time to start getting spiritual, huh? That's right. Don't trust in your own spirituality. Like the apostle said, it's not our power. It's not our godliness. It's Jesus. Amen. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. You don't have to fast 95 days to see a miracle. Have faith in the name of Jesus. It's been a while since I've done this. The devil does not fear an empty belly. And your empty belly is not going to make somebody get better. Amen. Your empty belly didn't die on a cross. Come on. Jesus died on that cross. And just faith as small as seeds, you can see the miraculous. Jesus said, if you have faith in me, you'll be able to just to say to big old mountains, get out of my way, go in the ocean somewhere. I'm wanting to pass through. Faith in his name. Simple faith that God can do anything. Praise God. Let's stand together right now. I feel right now that some of you have literally put all your hope right now in Jesus. This passage of scripture has spoken to you. And you feel like Peter that day. A man who once doubted the Lord. Who once wasn't sure, but bless God, he got it together. And he started acting like Jesus and started doing the things Jesus did. Because he believed in it. Because he depended upon it. Amen. The Bible says, They that know their Lord shall be strong and perform exploits. Amen. This Sunday opened the door to miracles. And I believe that more miracles are coming. The Lord is introducing to us a season of the supernatural. And if you want to be a part of that, I invite you right now to step out of your seat. And come on down to this altar. Amen. Imagine this right now as the beautiful gate right now of the temple. Amen. That the apostles came to where the works of God were done. I invite you to come down and just put it all in the hands of the Lord right now. And just say, God, I'm done with my power. I've tried it on my own for too long. It's all for you, Jesus. I can't make it without you, Jesus. It's time to put, amen, this situation in the hands of God. Amen. You can only go so far with your power. Why not try God's power? 
Amen. Is there anybody, amen, with the faith of Brother Lumpkin just to say smell and see sales happen? Anybody, amen, with the faith of Sister Havner and looking down at an old dry well and put down that bucket and swatch, amen, water come up. Amen. God wants to use you to have a story. He wants to use you to be a witness that he is alive. Use you to be a witness, amen, of his truth and his power. Amen. Come on. Believe God for it. Amen. Call out to the Lord and pray. That's how the apostles got power. They went up to the temple at the hour of prayer. They lived lives of prayer. Oh, they prayed, they prayed, they prayed. They talked to God. They talked to the Lord. They poured out their heart. It wasn't repetition. It was amen. Talking what was really on their mind and their heart to the Lord. Amen. Won't you pray, pray, pray. Hallelujah. I can't find my 